Welcome to a Biblical Perspective Podcast, where God's point of view matters. I'm your host, Prophet C.T. Johnson. This podcast is designed to expand you beyond the mind's cultural and theological limitations about the Bible and what it teaches. Prepare for the challenge of becoming a critical thinker, analyzing life from God's perspective. Boldly and unapologetically, I'll address the ills and issues of our day using scripture as the frame of reference. Get ready to empower your thinking and change your life. Now, let's hear what God has to say. Well, hello there. This is Prophet C.T. Johnson inviting you to become a high-level kingdom thinker operating and functioning according to eternity's intelligence by becoming a part of my empowerment chamber. The empowerment chamber is an exclusive online training and mentorship community committed to developing cerebral kingdom citizens capable of executing the will of Jesus Christ with intellectual excellence in their respective places of ministry. For a small investment of five or $12 a month, you can join the inquirer or cerebral level and begin developing into a cerebral kingdom citizen for the Lord Jesus Christ. Sign up today by going to patreon.com slash the empowerment chamber and let's embark on the journey of empowering our thinking together. I'll see you in the chamber. I want to deal with this subject uh, from Proverbs 24, Proverbs 24 and 6. Uh, a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up again. We're going to look at the uh, the verse here in a minute. But we want to deal with this. A righteous man falls. What does it mean? Many of you have uh, heard this scripture before. You've quoted it. And nine times out of 10, when we hear this scripture, when this scripture is quoted, when this scripture is used, is generally referencing in the word fall, a righteous man falls seven times. We generally reference fall there as to sin, falls into sin, falls into temptation. And I was in a room on Clubhouse, not sure if you are familiar with the social media app Clubhouse. However, I was in a room, for those of you that are familiar with it, I was in a room and uh, somehow the conversation in which we were engaged in led to this verse here in Proverbs and the discussion utilizing this verse as its basis was referencing sin and the person and other persons were saying, you know, regardless of uh, the temptations, regardless of the proclivities, regardless of the sin, you're righteous, you get back up. And I began to help steer us in the right direction as it pertains to the context of the text. And it's unfortunate that we are living in a day now where many people are taking certain scriptures, extracting a verse here and there, 
taking it out of context and extrapolating their own philosophies, their own ideologies, their own doctrine that are absolutely contradictory to the scriptures, contradictory to the context of the text. And so I was led of God to deal with this on tonight and to bring us into biblical scriptural understanding of what this verse in Proverbs 16 really says. So let's look at it, shall we? Let's dig our heels into this. A righteous man falls seven times. What does that mean? A righteous man falls. Because again, we have extrapolated erroneously as it pertains to what Proverbs actually is saying. And then Donnie McClurkin came out over a decade or so ago with the song, We Fall Down, But We Get Up. Uh-huh. We fall down, but we get up. And this verse that really irks me is a saint is just a sinner who fell down, but got up. Well, that may make for a good song. And I have, I, I beg to differ even in that statement that it makes a good song. However, it's not scriptural. You cannot be a saint and a sinner simultaneously. You're either a sinner or you're a saint. But when we reference Proverbs 24, 16, and we connect it with the lyrics of that song, we are insinuating that regardless of how many times you yield to your proclivities and your fleshly inclinations, wants, and desires, that despite it all, God will pick you up. God will restore you. God will come to your aid. God will come to your rescue. And that makes good for motivational speeches. But is it Bible? Is it Bible? Come on here. These are the questions that the church fails to ask as it pertains to messages that encourages, catch this, encourages us in our wrong, encourages us in our intentional sin. Y'all don't like that. Uh, come on here. So we have to ask ourselves, is what I'm hearing biblical? Is what I'm hearing scriptural? Is what I'm hearing accurate? Is what I'm hearing in alignment with what God actually said versus what we have translated it to mean within our current culture, within our current time, within the era and or the generation that we live. So let's look at a few things here as it pertains to Proverbs 24 and 16. Get your Bible, get pad, electronic device, whatever you use to jot down, take down notes, because you definitely are going to learn tonight and you want to 
uh, be able to record what the Holy Ghost is going to teach, what he's going to lay out, what he's going to explain and expound on. All right. It's Empowerment Monday. We're here to empower our thinking, not empower our flesh, not encourage our, our, our passions and our desires that are fueled by the old Adamic nature. Are y'all following me? Y'all come on and talk to me here in these comments. But what does Proverbs 24 and 16 says? For a righteous man fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. The wicked shall fall by calamity. The righteous man falls seven times, but rises again. Now there are a few things we need to address in the text in order for us to have proper understanding. Now, within the text, there are two groups of people that the text addresses. Are y'all flowing with me? There's two groups of people. So that's the first realization. That's the first thing we must comprehend and understand. Again, a righteous man falls seven times. He rises again, but the wicked shall fall into calamity. There are two groups of people. We're talking about a righteous person or people, and then we're talking or referencing the wicked person, the wicked, wicked person and a wicked People. Now that's significant for us to understand. And you, if you stick with me, you'll come to comprehend why it is significant. So let's look at this. Let's dig our heels into this. Hold on, I hit the wrong thing. Glory to God. All right. Now, a righteous man falls. He gets up. A righteous man falls, not once, not twice, but the righteous falls seven times. However, he gets back up, but the wicked falls into. Now, don't miss that. The wicked falls into consequences, circumstances, situations, predicaments. The wicked falls into, but the righteous falls. The righteous encounters something but the wicked enters into something. I'm taking my time because I want to ensure that you all are following me. The righteous experience and or encounter something, but the wicked falls into something. So there are two categories. There is the wicked person, and then there is the righteous or the, the just person. The King James uses the word just. The New King James uses the word righteous, but just and righteous are synonymous. They're interchangeable. Let's look at this. Here are some synonyms for wicked. I'm going somewhere. Y'all stick with me now. Y'all with me? So wicked, devilish, evil, impish, mischievous, nasty, uh -huh, naughty, vicious, villainous, wayward. All right? So he says, 
a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the devilish, but the evil, but the impish, but the mischievous, but the nasty, but the naughty, but the vicious, but the villainous, but the wayward shall fall into mischief. Now, righteous or just, reliable, right, righteous, rightful, rigid, meaning that you have a standard, that you have a, 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 a strict protocol or, or uh, 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 rigid, you're, 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 you're fixed, you're, you're, you're narrow. Uh, there, there, there are uh, certain things that you will do, won't do. You have standards, you have limitations, all right? Scrupulous, strict, tried, true, trustworthy, unbiased, uncolored, upright, virtuous. So the wicked, one category, the just or the righteous, another category. Are y'all following me? Now, there are in this text, in Proverbs 20.16, in the text, it discusses two different paths and destination because we're referencing, we're discussing, we're regarding two groups or two categories of persons, wicked people, righteous people, or just people. There is a specific path that leads to a specific or specified destination for the righteous, as well as a specific path that leads to a specific or specified destination for the wicked. The path of the righteous the, is not the same, is not equal to the path of the wicked, the destination that these paths lead to are not the same. Jesus says that there is a narrow way. Huh? There's a straight way that leads to what? Leads to life. That leads to blessing. That leads to prosperity. That leads to everything that is connected to God, that leads to godliness, the straight and narrow way. Y'all come on, y'all ain't talking back because we're talking about choosing paths that render specific outcome. Therefore, if you experience an outcome that's unfavorable, could it be you chose that outcome by choosing said path. Therefore, it's no fault of anyone else if the outcome you're experiencing is unfavorable, most especially if that outcome is connected and or tied to a specific path. In other words, if you follow or if you travel said path, 
the outcome is inevitable because that specific outcome is connected to that path and or that destination. Therefore, if you don't want said outcome, then you need choose another path whereby the destination is going to lead you in a lead you to what is favorable, lead you to what is beneficial versus what is harmful, what is destructive. Are you following me? See, destruction is an outcome that's connected to a certain path, to a certain lifestyle, to a certain behavior, to a certain mindset. I'm teaching good here. Blessing, progression, prosperity, health, and all of that is an outcome that's connected, that's tied to a specific path. So if you end up at a destination that you don't like, then you should have chosen another path. So I'm going somewhere. So Proverbs talks to us. Proverbs 24, I keep hitting the wrong button. Y'all, I haven't been live in a couple of weeks. I forgot which buttons I need to hit. Y'all bear with me. So Proverbs talks to us, Proverbs 24 and 16. That's where we are establishing the premise for our teaching tonight. For a just man falleth seven times. What does that mean? Because again, as I shared in the beginning of tonight's teaching, we have taught errantly and erroneously that that particular verse means a righteous man falls, fall there means sin, temptation, yielded to it. You made a mistake uh, as it pertains to doing something that you knew was not in God's will, but you did it anyway. And we've taught this scripture to say, regardless of what you happen, that God will forgive you and that God will restore you and that God will always extend unto you the opportunity to repent. And even that is not biblical because if you were with me several weeks ago, when I taught on the truth about repentance, it is God that has to provide the opportunity for repentance. Repentance is not automatic. Therefore, in other words, you are playing Russian roulette with your soul and or the eternal state of your soul by thinking you can obey, disobey, you can go in and come out and all you have to do is repent because we've heard that foolishness as well across the pulpit. All you have to do is repent. God is a forgiving God. He'll give you another chance. He'll give you another chance. It depends because the scripture also says that he has mercy upon whom he will. So we cannot assume that because God's mercy endures forever, you have to understand what that even means, that his mercy endureth forever. And again, if you were with me when I taught as it pertains to what the Bible says about repentance, that God's mercy enduring forever means that he will never cease to possess mercy. His mercy does not run out. It is endless. However, his mercy will not always be extended toward you. Because if that was true, then the scriptures would not tell us that God's spirit would not always strive with man. 
if God's mercy toward us would never would, would consistently be extended to us regardless of how we treat him, then Paul would not talk to us about God turning us over to a reprobate mind. See, this is why we have to rightly divide the word. See? And so now we have to understand that uh, 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 it is God that extends the opportunity to repentance. We have to understand that in regard to this particular scripture, it's not saying that you can keep messing up and messing up and messing up intentionally and think that God will always be there with an outstretched hand to pick you up, knowing that you aren't committed to your vow and or your promise of living in alignment with his intentions and his purposes as it pertains to your life. So we have to understand from God's perspective, not your religion, not your denomination, not the philosophy of your leader, but we have to understand from a scriptural perspective, which is God, what did he mean when he pinned by moving upon the heart of the apostles and the prophets? What did he mean? So let's again, let's look into this deeper. Because again, there are paths and destinations that Proverbs 24 and 16 references. Now, I don't know if you can see it because it's written sideways, but the note here on this slide, the route of righteousness always leads, listen to this, to what is good. The route of righteousness, the path of righteousness. Righteousness is a route. Righteousness is a path. Righteousness is uh, 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 leads to a specific destination. But the route of righteousness always leads to what is good. Whereas, listen, the road of wickedness ends in ruin and destruction. So. We're talking about paths and destinations. We're talking about the route or the road of righteousness, which is a path that leads to a certain destination or a certain outcome. And we're talking about the road or the route of wickedness that leads to a specific outcome and or a specific destination. Now stick with me because I'm building on this. What I'm teaching you now is necessary so that we can fully understand what God is saying in this verse 16 of Proverbs 24, for a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked man, or but the wicked rather, shall fall into mischief. Now, we, we're going to uh, differentiate in meanings here in a little bit as it pertains to the word fall, because fall is mentioned twice in this one verse. Talks about the righteous falling, and then it talks about the wicked falling. But there are two different meanings or definitions for the word fall. 
same word, different meaning. Are y'all, 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 y'all not talking to me tonight? All right, that's all right. I'm gonna go on and teach while I'm teaching. So, Proverbs 10 and 6 through 7, we're talking about two types of people, the wicked and the righteous. And then we're talking about two paths, the righteous path, the wicked path that has certain outcome. Let's take a look at a few other scriptures here to further help us understand. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the righteous is blessed but the name of the wicked will rot. That's Proverbs 10, 6 through 7. Proverbs 10, 16, the labor of the righteous leads to life. The wages of the wicked sin. Proverbs 15 and 9, the way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves him who follows righteousness. Now, why is this significant? It's significant because I'm helping us to see here that God is specifying what to expect based upon the route you choose. If you choose the righteous route, You have the backing of God. You have the protection of God. You have the covering of God. You have the guarding of God. You have the guiding of God. You have the rebuke of God, the chastening of God, the correction of God. But if you choose the wicked route, then you choose the punishment of God, or better yet, the judgment of God. You choose the, 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 you, you relinquish your rights over to the God of wickedness. So I'm helping us to understand that what we have been told this verse in Proverbs 24, 16 means is not what it means. It is not implying that the righteous person consistently sins because that's what we have determined and defined fall to mean in that verse. That if you happen to find your pants off and your dress on the floor, if you happen to find coke in your nose, and we're talking about those who have supposedly come to Christ and have been born again, but if you choose sin, it doesn't matter how many times you fall, God will pick you up. That's not what it's saying. Because, oh, the text is is implying that a righteous man, a just man, does not choose sin in the first place. Okay. The righteous man chooses righteousness. Because his nature has, his nature is that of righteousness. He has been made righteous. He has been born from above. But the wicked who chose against God, who chose the God of wickedness, 
who choose, who chose to remain in their fallen and or Adamic state. They are moving in directions that are in conjunction with who they are. So there are certain consequences that are that are uh, um, inevitable for he who is wicked, as well as consequences that are inevitable outcome for he who is righteous. And the verse is actually telling you again that the righteous man falls, but his outcome of falling is not the same as the wicked man who falls. Did y'all catch that? Are y'all flowing with me? Y'all talk to me in the comments if y'all are flowing with me. So see, the, 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 they both righteous and wicked fall. Question, what is meant by the word fall? We're going to answer that question in a minute, but I want that to be at the forefront of your brain because it's not referencing the same thing. The fall for the righteous is not the same as the fall for the wicked. All right. So let's deal a little more. Let's dig our heels a little more into these paths and destinations. Uh, let me go to the next slide. Now, let's look at the term or the term because we're really just dissecting one word, fall. But I want you to see that what we have been taught and told is not actually what the Bible says. For a righteous man, now let's break it down. For a righteous man, for a righteous man, may fall seven times and rise again. Now that we're looking at the A clause of the verse. All right. We're looking at the A clause of the verse. For a righteous man falls seven times and rise again. Now fall here in the A clause of the verse has a different meaning than fall in the B clause as it pertains to the wicked. Fall in the A clause as it pertains to the righteous man. Now, I spent time differentiating, showing for you there's two categories of people that Proverbs 24, 16 is referencing. The righteous, the wicked. It's also mentioning, pointing out two different paths. The righteous chooses the path that is right. The wicked chooses the path of wickedness. Now, fall in Hebrew, fall in the A clause means to fall down, lost, overthrow, overwhelm, perish, throw down. It's nafal in Hebrew. 
nafal in Hebrew. Now, figuratively, fall here is speaking, listen to this, to experiencing disaster, tragedy, or ruin. Fall literally in this verse means to fall down or to be thrown down, right? However, thrown down by a circumstance out of your control. You fall down due to an occurrence that was not under your control. In other words, if you walk outside and uh, the elements outside become very violent due to a storm or what have you, and there are violent winds that begin to blow, and the winds are so violent that it pushes you down. It knocks you, knocks you off of your feet. You fall down. You have fallen. You have probably harmed yourself, hurt yourself. But what you've experienced by way of the fall was of no fault of your own. You did not intentionally fall. You failed. You were thrown down. You fell down due to circumstances. And this is what the writer is speaking of, is referencing here in Proverbs 24 and 16. A righteous man falleth seven times. In other words, a righteous man experiences life, hard knocks, circumstances. And Jesus himself informs us uh, that we would experience trials and tribulation while in him. We're not exempt from trials and tribulations and, 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 and circumstances because we're saved, because we're born again, we aren't exempt from the effects of sin as it pertains to death, as it pertains to illness and sickness. However, what the writer, the proverb writer is, glory to God, is telling you is that if you're righteous and you experience disaster, tragedy, or ruin, because you chose the path of righteousness, you chose God's way, you chose God, you, 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 you chose to adapt to God's mindset and God's way of thinking, God will always allow things, though they don't feel good, they will always work for your good. Romans 8 and 28. Are y'all following me here? And so, see, this is the text in context. This is the text from God's perspective. The righteous fall, the righteous experience disaster, the righteous experience tragedy, the righteous experience ruin. We can pull Job in as an example. Job did not sin as it pertains to falling. He did not disobey God. He did not uh, uh, violate the laws of God. He did not do contrary to what God had instructed. However, 
he fail. And the text is telling you, regardless of how many times the enemy comes after you, regardless of how many times you experience an aspect of life that leaves you drained, that leaves you depleted, that leaves you confused. If you maintain your righteous position, I can't get no help tonight. If you maintain your righteous stand, if you maintain, if you hold to what God has established, if you continue to discipline yourself, if you if you continue to align yourself, regardless of how your flesh kicks and complains and all of that, the righteous is guaranteed comeback. The righteous is guaranteed resilience. The righteous is guaranteed bounce back. Though weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. For the righteous, it's a guarantee. Resilience. And this is the essence of what the text is saying in its statement of rising up again. The righteous rise up again. Why? Because of the spirit of resilience that is within them, which is the Holy Ghost, because of their righteous position. Now, huh? are y'all flowing with me tonight? This is good teaching here. Resilience, the capability, listen to this, the capability of a strained body to recover. See, glory to God. And a righteous man falleth seven times. And that's not uh, the, 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 the minimum. Listen, it's just, it's, just, it's just letting you know that regardless of how many times hell takes a shot at you, regardless of how many times life hits you, if you maintain your righteous position, we say it, but do you mean it? For God I live, for God I'll die. Well, God will, the scripture says he comes for your word. He will test what we have said. He will test what we release and what we put out in the atmosphere. And so, Resilience is the capability of a strained body to recover its size and shape after deformation caused especially by comprehensive stress. I love the latter definition of resilience. An ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune, to misfortune or change. A righteous man falleth seven times, but he riseth again. That's not the outcome. For the wicked, the wicked does not have this promise of bounce back. The wicked does not have this promise. The evil, the violator, come on, I gave you the synonym of wicked. The mischievous does not have this, this, this covenantal promise that God will provide you with the ability to 
reestablish yourself to regain consciousness. Hallelujah. To regain your equilibrium, to dust yourself off, to shake yourself off and get back in the game. Huh? See, righteousness pays off. Holiness pays off. But you have to maintain your position. In other words, you cannot change destination. Or you cannot change your route. Because if you change your route from righteousness to wickedness, you alter your destination. And in altering your destination, you alter your outcome. And in altering your outcome, you re you you predetermine what God can do or how God can intervene in your situation and or in your circumstance. Let's look. I got it here on the bottom of the screen. I got a few minutes. I'm about to uh, come to a close here. Let's look at real quick Psalm 37 and 23. I don't have it written out in the slide, but I do have the scripture noted there. Psalm 37 and 23. For such as be blessed of uh, 23, rather, for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Steps of a good man, steps of a righteous man. 24, though he fall, listen to it. Though he fall, it's not talking about you willfully choosing sin. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. It's talking about circumstances. It's talking about calamities. It's talking about situations. You will not be destroyed by what was released for the purpose of destroying you. Though no, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It didn't say that there would be no weapon formed. It says no weapon formed, meaning the weapon that was purposed to take you out will not have that outcome because the righteous have covenant with God which does not say God will alleviate hell, strife, death, bankruptcy. It's not saying he will, he will alleviate and or uh, exempt you from experiencing these things. But what it is saying is that the experience of these things will not result in your destruction and or in your demise. Glory to God. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Hmm? So when you fall, when you hit the ground, glory to God, you're actually going to fall into the hand of God. God's hand is going to uh, mediate between your head and the ground. 
So he's not saying that you won't fall. He's saying for the righteous, your fall will not be equivalent to that of the wicked. Now, let's look at the B clause of verse 16 of Proverbs 24. But the wicked shall fall by calamity. Now, this fall, same word. Y'all, excuse me. I hit the wrong button. I'm going to get it right. Same word, different meaning, different outcome. Fall here in the B clause of verse 16 is not the same Hebrew word in the A clause. The Hebrew word for fall here in the B clause is kushal. And it means to falter, to stumble, to faint, you're feeble, weak, and to experience ruin. But now let's look at this. Because as I told you in the beginning, the righteous experience and or encounter a fall. They encounter a circumstance, an experience. But the righteous fall in two. The righteous's fall is purposeful. The righteous, uh, rather the, the wicked fall is intentional. It's, it's, it's purposeful. Uh, 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 in other words, it was an inevitable outcome because they chose the path that had that outcome embedded in it. Did you understand that? So for the wicked, in other words, oh, help me, the wicked, in other words, expect to falter. That's what he's saying. The wicked expect to faint. The wicked expect to stumble. The wicked expect to be weak and feeble and frail. Expect to be ruined. That's why I have this particular uh, uh, picture here of this uh, uh, demolition of, 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 of a building, the, the destruction of a building here. You see all of the, 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 the rubble and the aftermath thereof. See, the wicked should expect to fall and not recuperate, not bounce back, not be helped, not be salvaged, not be saved. Now, I know y'all. some of y'all don't like that teaching, but this is Bible. See, you're used to getting uh, uh, fairy tale gospel that when you hear the real gospel, you don't know how to take it. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. There is no rising up again unless God has mercy. Unless he has mercy. Unless he has mercy. But for the wicked, unless he has mercy, your outcome is destructive. For the righteous, you have a covenantal promise that God will work what did not feel good for your good and you're going to come back full 
circle. As we get ready to wrap it up here, let's look at the outcome of the righteous and the outcome of the wicked. Proverbs 11, 23, the, the desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. They expect it because they are traveling down a path that has destruction embedded in it. Proverbs 12, two through three, a good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intention, he will condemn. A man is not established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. See, wickedness does not establish you. Wickedness destroys you. I'm teaching good by the Holy Ghost. Righteousness establishes you. Righteousness sustains you. Righteousness provides for you. Righteousness protects you. Righteousness guides you. Righteousness governs you. Hmm? But wickedness destroys you. Wickedness depletes you. Wickedness weakens you. Wickedness deteriorates you. Are you following me? See, the wicked falls into mischief. They fall into it. It is inevitable. They fall into, <clears throat> excuse me, mischief. They fall into injury. They fall into damage. Are you following me? They fall into harm. They fall into evil. That's what the path of wickedness leads to. Proverbs 27, uh, 12 and 7, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. And our last slide, I'm just giving you Bible, which many of us don't get. Proverbs 12 and 21, no grave calamity trouble will overtake the righteous. Notice it does not say that the righteous will not encounter or experience trouble. It does not say that the righteous won't encounter it. Again, Proverbs 24, 16, though a righteous man falls seven times, though a righteous man encounters problems and hell and divorce and all of that, even though you encounter it, you will rise again. Doesn't matter how many times, and that's where the seven comes in. The seven is not a minimum, the seven is not a maximum. The seven is just there to let you know, regardless of how many times something occurs that causes you to fall, if you're righteous, God will reestablish you in time. But if you're wicked, unless he has mercy, listen, you're out for the count. Huh? So Proverbs 12 and 21 is not saying that the righteous will not encounter trouble, but it says that trouble will not overtake you. But listen to this, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. Proverbs 13, I'm just giving you some Bible now. I'm, I'm wrapping up. 
This is it. This is the last slide. The light of the righteous rejoices. See, there's rejoicing in righteousness. Rejoicing, happiness is tied to righteousness. Sorrow is tied to wickedness. But the lamp of the wicked will be put out. Evil, uh, verse 21 of Proverbs 13, evil pursuers, evil pursues sinners. But to the righteous, good shall be repaid. The righteous eat to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. Proverbs 15 and 6, in the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble. Your money is unstable. Hmm? There is wickedness, but the revenue of the wicked is trouble. Even though you have money, money does not alleviate trouble. And our last scripture reference, Psalm 21 and 11, for, the, for they intended evil against you. They devised the plot which they are not able to perform. Why? Because the righteous is not overcome or devoured by their fall, by their circumstance, by their uh, uh, dilemma, by their circumstance, by their situation. Glory to God. So we have established this biblical scriptural truth. In Proverbs 24 and 16, for a just man falleth seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. He's not talking about the righteous falling into sin. Let's stop preaching that because that's not the context of the text. That's not the scripture. He's not talking about that because the righteous does not intentionally fall into sin. The righteous does not intentionally aim and or reach toward what God has already given instructions on as it pertains to fleeing away from, turning away from. So I wanted by the Holy Ghost to bring us to the understanding of what this scripture, this verse really is saying, because many people are deceived to believe that this verse gives them the license to go out there and do what they want to do knowingly, uh, knowing that God uh, is against what they are desiring, what they're being offered. But because we have errantly and erroneously taught this, listen, God is a forgiven God. He's going to forgive you. All you got to do is repent if he allows repentance. What if he does not allow you to repent? You can't. So if he doesn't extend that opportunity, if he doesn't extend that option, then you are doomed to hell. So we need not play Russian roulette with our soul. Thanks for listening to a Biblical Perspective podcast. If today's episode empowered you, subscribe and rate the podcast at cpnshows.com. Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen. For more information about C.T. Johnson Ministries International, visit the website at ctjohnson.org or text CTJM to 54244 to stay in the know. And connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at C. Terrell Johnson, on Facebook and YouTube at C.T. Johnson Ministries. 
Tune in next time as I continue to empower your thinking from God's perspective.